This short is brought to you by Lens Protocol. Now I'm trying to understand where crypto comes into the picture because it sounds like you're killing it in music, right? And in, 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 in the traditional music industry as well, right? Mm-hmm. And when I when I think of Web3 music, it's very counterculture to traditional music. And from what it seems like, everything was was smooth sailing for you, or was it? No, I mean, it sounds good, right? Like all those things sound great when you're doing them, but like I mean, I was overachieving. Like I'm const- I'm like consistently overachieving, right? In that probably a lot of the people that have had the experiences that I've had or that are in the rooms that I'm in um you know, have achieved probably a certain level of success or have a certain background that kind of qualifies them to be in those positions. <clears throat> Whereas for me, I was always just, you know, just some kid like trying to figure it out. Right. Mm. So um, even in all these sessions that I was having with like, you know, these bigger artists and stuff, I wasn't getting paid for a lot of that stuff. A lot of it was, you know, I'm coming in this, into the studio. We're making a whole bunch of songs. If they like them, great. If they don't, then thanks for trying, you know, and I was able to make some income. Like I was able to like get a really nice place in LA and stuff like that, but it definitely wasn't anything sustainable. And it wasn't anything that I felt like was worth sacrificing my own individual artistry for working on music for other people. So mm. I actually really like stopped doing industry production and songwriting because I just didn't feel like I was getting enough out of it at the time. Um, from a performance aspect, even though we did, like we were doing these big shows, it was still like, there's still the struggle of breaking through on the internet. Cause like, you know, streaming services are out now and then like social media platforms are, are um, kind of dominating. And so there were still so many different sides of the equation that I hadn't fully figured out yet. And then throughout all of this, like we're still, we're going through band things, right? So the band ended up kind of breaking up and dissolving um, short, funny enough, shortly after that big show that we did. So it was almost like everything I did just kind of led up to like that big climactic moment. And then it was like, all right, we're kind of all going our separate ways at this point. So I started focusing on, producing and writing for independent artists and just working on my own music. And uh, the independent artist grind is it's tough because, you know, you're, you are the CEO of your own company, of your own business. It doesn't pay you anything. Streaming doesn't pay you anything. And you've got to figure out a way to break through. And so, you know, I, me and like my best friends, we lived in another studio in LA for a year and a half, working on another album, working on music and just like conceptualizing everything that we wanted to do. Um, yeah, I worked on music over the years, released music. I did pretty well. I would say I peaked at like, I don't know, 150,000 monthly, monthly listeners on Spotify. Um, just grinding, trying to make, trying to make it happen. And then basically. I guess when we when we get to crypto, um, yeah, I'm tr- I, and now I want to I, I want to understand like why is crypto the solution for you then? Yeah, no, we're we're getting there right now. So now you've got like the full kind of right. You've got the full I have kind of background of everything, right? But consider that in all of that work and everything that I've done, right, and that's even just the abridged version of the story. I can't say that I've ever um, made a comfortable living, right? Okay, or that. Um, I ever felt like, okay, yeah, I've done enough work that'll last me for the next five to 10 years or anything like that. I was still Mm. always in a way living like check to check, just trying to figure it out. So I was on tour in Australia um, in 2020 and then the pandemic happened. It cut the tour short. I was actually planning on 
going on tour with the free nationals later on that year as well. And, uh, yeah, COVID happened. We're all stuck in the house. Um, me and my homie started like investing in crypto. We bought Dogecoin at like half a penny. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of people were like, okay, I'm going to work on, you know, more music. I was like, this is all I've been doing. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to be chill. a DJ for a minute. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go. Chill. You know what I mean? <laughs> I work on some music, but like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get into some other things. And so I love that. I love um, that. your curiosity is just, it's always on the run. Absolutely. For sure. I got one life to live, you know what I mean? And I have a lot of passions, but, um, yeah, you gotta, gotta do what you can because I feel like music, music is a, a great gateway to unlocking the full potential of my mind. And I feel like there are a lot of different areas and subjects that I could be successful in. So, um, you know, we bought Dogecoin early and, you know, Doge started going up. And at that point I'm like, wow, this is, this is really sick. So I started kind of meeting people in the crypto community. I went out to a flea market, met this guy named Gabriel, who was, I now know is the founder of a DAO called Mochi. <clears throat> we had a conversation. He like basically onboarded me to web three. He was like, yeah, do you have a MetaMask?" I'm like, no, had no clue about like wallets or anything like anything like that. I was just buying positions on Robinhood, And so, um, yeah, he introduced me to like platforms like Zora and, and things of that nature. Uh, I basically was a part of the DAO. I didn't realize I was a part of the DAO until like much later on. I didn't really understand the concept of DAOs, but through that group, I ended up meeting people within the music NFT space. Originally, I hated NFTs because I was just seeing crypto punks and bored apes. But um, why? Why did, why did you hate NFTs? Actually, why is that? Well, because I was like, people are spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars on like these squares, right? Um, and I don't understand what the value of these images are. Right. And I don't even like the art that much. No, no shade to those, those, you know, projects, but I just didn't understand everything else that kind of came with the blockchain that came with NFTs that came with the culture that came with community. And so I was like, yeah, so, there's so, much so really quick TK, why, why do you think then, because this is an interesting point mm. and forgive me for cutting you off. Why do you think music NFTs are different. It's just an audio file that you're collecting, right? Or it's just an image that you're collecting. Could, can't you apply the same logic to it? So it, it, that's a tough question because it really, at the end of the day, like beauty is in the eye or the ear of the beholder. And I can look at a picture of, of you know, a monkey and be like, uh, I don't think that's really that cool. But there's probably, I mean, obviously there were people that were like, no, this art is incredible and I want to associate with this, right? So from that perspective, like it actually, there isn't a difference because it is just about the appreciation of the art itself. And, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. You know, the list of quotes goes on and on. Um, but as I was seeing these things, I was like, you know, I guess being a creative, I know kind of how much work goes into a lot of like different things. And I was like, yo, I'm sure there's so many like, incredible artists that are making like dope one of ones or making, you know, music NFTs. Well, I didn't actually know about music NFTs at the time, but I was like, I feel like there could be more meaningful art. But then I started to meet people that were actually releasing music NFTs and releasing one of one art pieces. And I was like, oh, wow, there's like a whole nother side of the NFT community that is more so focused on the art and less so on the hyper like financialization of just like trading assets, if that makes sense. And so 
Um, yeah, uh, a friend of mine that was in the DAO with me, he ended up selling four NFTs on catalog for $235,000 for music NFTs mm. from his EP. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, my mind, I was like, my <laughs> mind is in the right place. Like, this is definitely what I want to do. Because right. when I decided I wanted to do music NFTs, I didn't know that um, people were already really mm -hmm. making it happen that way. And so pretty much from that moment on, I locked in. I just got um, immersed in the community. I started to see what it was doing for artists creatively and fi financially and offering like freedom for them in that way. Um, comparing it to my entire career in music and how much I made from streaming services and how much I made slaving for labels and producing songs for these artists and everything. And I was like, you know, this world isn't all the way there yet, but I see the potential for it and I want to cultivate it and I want to utilize it in the way that's the most healthy and beneficial for my own growth as an artist. And um, yeah, I think the best thing that happened for me was I was added to the sound XYZ telegram chat where I really got to build relationships with more artists and, you know, founders. And, you know, I released my first music NFT March 1st of 2022 and the rest is history. Wow. Coming up on a year anniversary. Mm-hmm. For sure. I left out a point. I left out a part, <clears throat> though. Um, before I did that, I was very vocal about mm -hmm. NFTs and blockchain. And um, I'm always kind of the person that sees the future. And then I kind of share it with other people that I feel like may not be aware um, mm -hmm. or have access to that information. And so I was very vocal on my social platforms about NFTs and, and the blockchain and the metaverse too. And so I ended up starting a platform called Afro Zero that highlights black and indigenous people of color in the Web3 space. And so that's still a developing project, but that was also where I built a lot of community, um, just meeting people really just by educating and onboarding before I ever like dropped anything. And so I think all of that work that I did, um, building community in that way, not even knowing that that was really the blueprint for success, um, is kind of what led to me having more success on the long run when I actually started releasing my own music NFTs. What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far, then you are a champ and I owe you a free listener pin. Go to adamlevy.io forward slash NFT, fill in your info, and I'll distribute the NFT towards the end of the season. By collecting your pin, you prove your contribution to the season and get exclusive access to content, allow lists, and more. So be sure to collect yours. Also, please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. This helps me out so much. And finally, hit me up on Twitter at LevyChain. I want to hear what you're building, the latest crowdfund you're trying to complete, or if you simply want to chat. I love talking about where crypto meets the creator economy, and it's no different if it's coming from you directly. So thanks again for your support. It means the world, and I'll see you on the next episode.